According to science, because of the size and the capacity of our brains, we can only handle about 150 friends. That's all we can handle. Within that 150, there are different categories of closeness kind of built into a, a pyramid. So, you know, the, the, the broadest is at the bottom and the smallest is at the top. And apparently, we can only handle about five BFFs, right? Best friends forever. That's all our brains are built for. It's like an engine in a car that can only go so fast. You can press on the pedal harder and harder, but the car is only going to go so fast. And I think this is why it's difficult for us to imagine a God who loves all of us, all of humanity, all of humanity that has ever lived and all of humanity that will ever live, individually, personally, unreasonably, and fully. We are so limited that it's difficult for us to imagine an intellect so vast that this is even possible. But this is, in fact, the God that we have. You're just going to have to accept the fact that God knows you and loves you. And not you as part of humanity or in general, but you uniquely because he made you and he made you to love him in return. It's the same with the angels. Scripture tells us that there are countless angels, and each individual angel is so incredibly unique that it, its own, it is its own species, as different from each other as a dog is from a fish. And each have their own role to play in service to God. Can you imagine meeting the angels one day and being completely blown away how different each one is from the next? Unique, beautiful, fascinating, and unrepeatable in their role. And God loving each one just for their being. A one-of-a-kind creation of power and beauty. For so many people, however, and at times even myself, it's a challenge to imagine that God can love me that way. Just out of the Catholics that are alive today, I'm just, of just today, I'm just one of 1.3 billion. Many, if not most of you, are better looking than I am, funnier than I am, more talented than I am, probably could give better talks than I could, more knowledgeable than I am, and certainly in many, many, many areas, holier than I am. So how do I stand out to God so that he notices me, hears me, sees me, loves me? The good news is you don't have to. In fact, it's best if you don't. It really doesn't work that way. We are not like one of many stones on a pebbled beach that has to stand out so that God notices us. Someone once said that the whole universe would have been as equally incomprehensible and amazing if the whole thing had consisted only of a rock about the size of an orange. Why should this stone 
exist as opposed to nothing ever. How did it come to be, this, this rock? It is amazing that it is because it constitutes the whole universe. That stone would be worth everything because it would be everything. Beautiful and being amazing, priceless and irre irreplaceable. But as it is, we know there are billions and billions of stones in this universe more than, on earth, more than we could count. And to some degree, we don't find them all that special. It's a rock, often in the way. So we pick out a few pretty ones or difficult to find ones, diamonds, coal, rubies, and we bestow on those great value. We hold them up as special, and we toss the ordinary abundant ones out of the way. Fortunately, God doesn't work that way. It is not his nature. The saints are not saints because God loved them more. They are as equally loved by God as you and I are. What gives them such great worth is that they loved God, the source of all things, being itself. God cherishes us with a great love and devotion, a devotion that we cannot begin to fathom in this life, a dignity, a nobility, a worth, a beauty, and a loveliness about which we are largely blind. And it's not just your mind or your soul, but the, our very bodies he loves. That is why Scripture asks you the question today, do you not know that your very bodies are members of Christ? Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and that you have been purchased and at a great price? One of the great tragedies of our day is the prolifer proliferation and the availability of pornography, the objectifying of women and men's bodies the devaluing of their personhood's dignity and worth by using them much the same way slaves were used for their usefulness and then tossed away. Some people will argue that such models want to be in such an industry and that they fight for the right to do so and they make a meager living by performing in such a way. And even if that is the case, and it is in some instances, as Christians, we do not have the right to take their dignity from them. That they too are equally loved by God as the saints are and as you are and as I are. And even if they don't want it, it is our duty to afford them and every human person the honor, respect, and dignity that is theirs, given to them by their Creator. How can they not see how remarkable they are, their capacity for sacredness, that in the eyes of God they are kings and queens and equally? How can we not see how beautiful we are before God to trust how our unrepeatable value will be revealed and that we don't have to prove our worth before God because we have it and that we confirm that belief in the way we treat our bodies. 
You know, kudos for you today. It would have been really easy to stay in bed under the covers. But you got your body up and out of bed and through this cold, wintry day to be here today. It's our duty to properly feed ourselves, to exercise, to see that we get the medical attention that we need, to get enough sleep, to be careful to what we expose our bodies to and to how we expose our bodies. Sometimes someone will ask in the confessional, can you, Father, can you give me some help with my confession? And oftentimes I'll go to the, the questions about themselves that they're pretty surprised that I'm ask, asking. Do you get enough exercise? Do you sleep? Do you follow doctor's orders? Are you eating well? Do you dress modestly? Because we don't have a body. We are our bodies, and the ultimate vindication of our body's dignity will be in the resurrection of the dead. Our bodies are not a thing. They are part of who we are, and we bring benefit to ourselves and our brothers and sisters through our bodies. Jesus worked his miracles in and through the human body, touching, breathing, speaking, hearing, spitting, washing, anointing, and at this mess, you will receive him, body and blood, soul and divinity, by eating his body and bringing that body inside of yours. We give glory to God through our bodies. Terrible things happen when we divide body and soul. The hypocrisy of someone who performs acts of worship without any real relationship with Christ or good works in the world. Or say they are spiritual while disdaining the body. Soul and body are one for the human person. And that is why Paul tells us today, glorify God in your body.